welcome to Trace T Podcast, episode 15, the intro to submission. I'm your host, Tracy Turner. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, first, I'm just going to do a recap about what I'm doing, and then um, the second segment will be about the intro to submission. And that's something that I've been researching and studying, and it's interesting. Um, But just to give a recap, what I've been doing is really procrastinating, (laughs) to be honest with you. Procrastinating, not necessarily just to be doing it, but to taking a moment to, number one, think about what I want to do next, how I want to do it, and um, thinking about the things that I know and I'm aware of that needs to change in order for, um, you know, me to continue to do the podcast and what I want to do next. Um, So that's kind of where I am. And I've been, you know, contemplating, thinking things through, because I think, you know, nowadays we don't take time to really contemplate the different scenarios in which we want to accomplish a goal. And that's what I've been doing. And also, um, I've been, I haven't written the second workbook for season one yet. Um, I know the chapters in which I want to cover, and it's not going to take that long. Actually, I was thinking about words, because I think I'm going to lead off with um, words, the episode I did last season about words and how it creates the atmosphere in which you live, in which you, you know, bring, raise your kids, enjoy your home. You know, words create the atmosphere in which you live. So that's why it's always good to be mindful of the things that you are saying. And when you're saying, you know, sometimes you have, um, you know, sometimes your kids can make you frustrated and you, those are the times in which you should really be careful with your words because you can send them spiraling. You know, I think sometimes we don't take into account who we are to them. We're their everything. We're their first love, mom and dad are their first love. And if it's missing or out of balance, it can hinder them in their lives. You know, so it's good to not talk to them when you're really frustrated. You know, give yourself a moment. You know, give them a moment. And, you know, and then discuss it with them because they need to understand your thinking process so that it helps them to create their thinking process. It's important. So, you know, I'm going to lead off with words. And I was thinking about words on the way to work. Um, I was thinking about what does that mean to me really? You know, and am I practicing what I preach? That's really hard (laughs) to do sometimes. Um, But it's, it's, it's something that I need to do because I know that we're the things that I'm saying during the podcast, where it's coming from. And it's really um, coming from inside of me. And it's going, it's coming through the spirit and then out into the atmosphere. I always say that. I, that's, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live. That's what I'm doing. So it's not going to take me long to do workbook number two, because I do really believe, like I did with the first one, is that the workbook is to unlock keys for yourself and your self-awareness, the audience, I mean that. Um, and it's to start you off on your self-awareness journey or 
you know, not that maybe you've already had that self-awareness, but sometimes we go through valleys and it's important for us to get ourselves out of that valley. And some of the ways in which to do that is to be aware of the changes of what's happening currently in your life. You know, so to me, I think you going through the process and you, you know, doing the workbook and following the things that unlock in your mind as you're going through the exercise creates a great book because you're doing all of the work. You know what I mean? I don't want you to necessarily believe and do the things that I do. I want to, I hope that I am encouraging you to do the work. Because anything that does with self-awareness or you bettering yourself, nothing happens until you actually do the work. You know, the best thing that can happen with a person who wants to make the change is them being aware that the change needs to, needs to occur. And when that happens, and this is, a, you know, even when it's hard, it's an effort made by self that's efforts effortlessly done, you know, because you, there's no, there's no pushback when you see that you need to make the change and you want to make the change. There's no pushback in that. You know what I mean? Because you're doing the work and that's the thing that, you know, we often want to evoke in the people that are around us, that they see what needs to be changed and they do that work. You know, me telling somebody, you know, you really shouldn't be so mean. That does not encourage them that states a fact that maybe what's happening and what happens if they don't see themselves as being mean. They just see themselves as being direct. And then you have to show them in a constructive manner how what their directness is mean, how it is mean. Sometimes people don't see that. You know, they just think they're being direct and firm and they, um, they don't get the meanness of it, you know? Excuse me. Some people are not self-aware in that way. You know, there's one, I am direct sometimes, but I am not malicious with it and I am not doing it to put you down. You know, you know, I, I see the importance of words. So I watch my words, especially with my kids, especially with my kids. And I still want to do my parenting book, you know, the four stages of parenting and my ideas in which I think it works. But, you know, I got to get to it. (laughs) I just got to get to it. Um, But that's basically what I've been doing is um, taking my vision and putting legs to it. You know, um, seeing where I want to get to and then go to this place and go to this place. You know, I have my touch points, right? And um, that's what I've been doing while I've been procrastinating. And I haven't really, um, I want to finish this second workbook before I really go out and start doing um, podcasts, you know, joining people in their podcasts and vice versa. Because I have, you know, a few, kind of a lot in my DMs that I want to reach back out to people and get the ball rolling. And then I also have this other project that I still haven't finished. And the lady is so nice. She's so nice. And I just haven't done it because procrastination. So I need to get on it. And I am. So the next segment and what this is going to be about 
just a little introductory to the introduction that's going to be in the second segment. But I've been thinking about submission. You know, what does that mean in relationships? And um, how does that unfold? You know, it's an interesting uh, way to live. And I've just been reading about it, listening to other people who are married, talking to other people who are married, like, how does that work in your house? You know, because really, when you have your relationship with, you know, your person, how that relationship unfolds and looks is between you two. You know, that's the beauty of having a one-on-one relationship with someone is that you get to create the atmosphere and the way and boundaries in which your relationship works, you know? So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to start on my introductory, which is just my thoughts from the information that I've gathered thus far. Um, Just a little introduction about submission. So I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to episode 15, Intro to Submission. Uh, So what is submissive? So submissive is ready to conform to the authority or will of others, meekly obedient and passive. And just so you know, (laughs) looking at those things, being meekly obedient and passive, sort of feels like a repellent for me. Because I am aware that I am an alpha female. Um, And a lot of people can't see it because in real life, in my everyday life, I am not a talker. I'm an observant. But in my personal life and at home, I'm an alpha female. That's who I am. That's how, you know, I had to be in order when I'm coming through life is that's who I had to be. And sometimes it's important to know when to be assertive with it. You know, I'm not constantly, you know, bossing people around doing, you know, I'm not that type of alpha female. I don't need to sit around and talk about anything or get you to do what I want you to do. I state how I feel about something. I am direct. There's no guessing. (laughs) There's no guessing. I'm not trying to get you to figure it out because I want you to understand and get it done. So I am an an alpha female. So those words, meekly, obedient, or passive, are not my go-to emotions, not my go-to stance, but I understand it. You know what I mean? And to be submissive is to obey or yield to someone else. When you are submissive, you submit to someone else's will, which literally you put your own desires lower than theirs. You can be, you can see this in Latin. Okay, now it's talking about other stuff, you know, going to the root of the word. But putting your desires lower than theirs, I understand that too. You know, in my relationship, I am not submissive. And I think, you know, reading the different things about submission, 
um, being submissive to a wife or being a submissive, you know, sometimes it's the husband, that's really, that's their nature and that's the energy that they have, <laughs> you know, but society puts so much, um, um, pressure on being an alpha male. And I think that's what leads to toxic men masculinity, which is when it's overbearing. And I think that the reason why it's overbearing is because it's not an innate um, feeling. You know, it's something that you have to make yourself be. So it's overly, and then, you know, you're trying to prove that you are not soft, that you become obnoxious, really. And, oh, I hate being, (laughs) oh my God. I hate being you know, around that, because I have met some men who are not overly masculine in their being. You know what I mean? And we click because I do have an alpha energy. So, you know, and, and I am not overbearing in my alpha stance. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, well, I can be, but most of the time I am not I'm not even interested really in being the alpha. It's just sometimes it's a necessity. And especially if you're not trying to pretend or get taken advantage of. You know what I mean? In order to get, and this is the thing about submission, um, especially when it's a man and woman and the woman is being submissive to, you know, her spouse. The thing about submission is that And this works on whether she's an alpha female, just, you know, regular, nice feminine energy, is that there needs to be respect in her stance, in her putting your needs first. There needs to be respect. There needs to be loyalty. There needs to be um, just a secure feeling of when he's out making these decisions, he's putting the unit first. Now, how that carries over into the everyday life is, um, you know, up to the male in this circumstance or the masculine energy. When she is making these decisions on the family, is she putting what is best for the family first or what she wants? Same thing with the man, you know, um, is he putting what's best for the family first or is he just out there doing what he wants to you know, and then um, the back end of it is that it turns out sometimes that it is good for the family. Um, and in order for an alpha female to go into the sensitive role, then those things have to be put into place because she's already used to taking care of herself. You know, this is when you meet someone later in life. And I've had a friend, I had a friend, okay. I had this friend, she was married to this guy in her younger years. And she's an alpha female and she got that from her mom because that's how her mom had to be because her mom was a single mom. So she had to take care of them, you know, and set herself up because when you are a single mom, everything that you do affects the family because it's just you that's covering the family. You know, so that when you make moves, get involved with men and all this other stuff, it has to be correct. And so when you're an alpha female, single mom, single woman, taking care of yourself, um, 
knowing what you're doing with your money, knowing what you're doing um, when you're buying a home, car, taking care of the kids, working, getting promotions, you are doing the things that the man does, right? And so in order for a man to come in and put you, you know, in your relationship and you take the submissive role, he's got to have his stuff together. You know, I hear a lot of times where men say, well, you know, women, especially black women, I'm a black woman, um, are not submissive. Well, if, you know, you can um, make, you can build the respect, the loyalty, the um, love, Respect, loyalty is another word that I can't even think of. But if you can give her that security in the relationship, she'll automatically fall in that submissive role. But you can't half-step. And so that makes it difficult for a lot of men to deal with alpha women. Because, you know, we as um, alpha women can smell BS a mile away. And the reason why that we can do that, and then, you know, it depends on if she's going to deal with it or not. You know, I'm probably going to deal with it (laughs) because I don't want to deal with BS. I'm not interested. I don't want to waste my time, you know, and that's how a lot of alpha females think, but they can be put into that submissive role. And the thing about what I'm getting is when those things are in place and she's in the submissive role, women blossom in a different way, you know, and, um, yeah, we really do blossom in a different way when we are in a submissive role, especially when the man is worthy of our submission. And I think that is the disconnect is that, you know, a man says, well, I'm providing for my family. I deserve to be submissive. I deserve a submissive wife. Not necessarily. Just because you are providing doesn't mean that you deserve a submissive role because a lot of times what makes a woman feel, you know, secure, respected, and loyal, she's watching your moves. She is, she has an intimate view of your moves, of who you are as a person, you know? And so you're not getting that submissive role probably because you don't think the intangibles that's in a relationship has value, you know, because you're out providing, giving a good lifestyle. But in order for her to blossom in the submissive role in the relationship, there still needs to be respect in what she's bringing to the relationship. And a lot of men don't, intangible things that um, that occur in a relationship, a lot of men don't put value on that. Like I saw somebody on Facebook post that, you know, 10 years ago, you know, they were here on this level. And now 10 years later, they have all these these things that are happening in their lives and what he left out of his post is that he was probably married to the person who helped him in her role to get to him you know having a stable home life allows you to go out and produce 
most men don't see it that way. They say, well, you know, look what I've done. Well, did you talk about your wife that was in that? And how she was able to help to steer you and stabilize you so that you can accomplish those things. And I almost said something on the post, but I was like, oh, that's not my business. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, and so they're leaving out the importance of having a helpmate, you know. So that's where I am with submission. That's my thoughts so far going into this thing. I have a couple of books that I want to read because um, <clears throat> I think that when done correctly and um, when done correctly, it is a very, you know, great relationship in being a submissive role. And I just don't think, you know, and that's just my, I guess that's just my limited view, but I am not a submissive in my marriage. You know, I'm married and I am not submissive because I don't have those things, you know, in place because I see how he moves. You know, I am aware and my eyes are open, you know, so that's where I'm at with this. And I'm really excited about it. I'm going to keep doing research on it. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back for the ending. Thank you. back to episode 15, Intro to Submission. Um, I'm your host, Tracy Turner. Thank you for uh, sticking around. So I just want to continue my update. Like, I want to do an episode on racism and, um, you know, all these deaths of these Black boys and men. Um, even the young man that was harassed in South Carolina for walking down the sidewalk in the subdivision that he lives um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about stereotypes. I want to do, um, I'll probably combine the racism and the stereotypes um, episodes together. And the thing that I've always said about, you know, as far as stereotypes and, you know, because that's something that's man-made, right? Regardless if you're from Alaska, Netherlands, Hawaii to Georgia, it doesn't matter where you come from or the race that you are, because before anything, we should realize that we are all human, right? The human element seems to be taken out of um, groups, right? It, 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 the way in which groups and um, have taken place is that when you break out those subsets, it seems to be, especially, you know, coming from a black person, is that the humanity of that particular group is removed. And really, that should be the forefront when, you know, in all of it. You know, because as you want your sons to prosper and have a good life, so do I as a black woman. You know, yes, I want my daughter to be able to take care of herself throughout her life. You know, because I understand that life often throws curveballs. You want the same thing for your daughter, right? So that's what I think 
when I think of stereotypes is that it tries to remove the in the humanity in those groups in those subsets right um so I want to do that and then um I also want to do you know us losing our you know like TMX just died that was really sad to me and um, I liked him. I liked some of his music, but I think what made him easy for me to overlook is because he was an addict. And addiction is a disease, number one. But addiction um, is hard to watch. You know, just like it's hard to watch someone being abused. That's difficult. And to the people who are surrounding and love that person. So I wouldn't mind doing um, addiction. Maybe I'll throw in DMX because he had a lot of good things to say, but he led with his addiction. You know, he led, he, well, he didn't lead with his addiction because, you know, so I take that back. But I was watching, um, I saw something on Instagram where um, Roxanne was saying that, you know, his addiction was so hard to um, beat because it, it was his peace. And I was like, whoa, what a connection. Because if something is what gives you peace, how do you let that go? You know, sometimes that's with toxic people, but somehow in that toxic relationship, it gives you peace and it's hard to let go of that. You know, it's hard to let go of that picture. So I can't imagine being addicted to a drug because that was where my peace lies because I was in such need of others that that's the only thing that gave me something to give to myself. Mind-blowing, right? When you think of it that way. So a lot of things coming up. I'm excited. I'm still excited. I still love doing this podcast. Um, I'm just, you know, taking life, you know. So I hope this helps you. Um, on your journey today. I hope it gives you a good reason to pause and enjoy your day. Thank you. Have a good one.